0: Welcome to the Power Couples Rock podcast, where our mission is to build a collective community of marriages, where we encourage, inspire, and support one another in order to have masterful marriages. We're Carlos, Catherine, Chris, and Sonia. Please check us out, PowerCouplesRock.com, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram we believe that one of the most amazing legacies we can leave in life is a great marriage. So we hope you'll listen, learn, and love the conversation. Let's power Good day, Power Couples.
1: This is Carlos and Catherine Green of Power Couples Ride. Hey, what's up, Power Couples? We hope you guys are doing well here. i tell you where we are. We are in Columbia, Maryland, and we're here at the Eusebia Weekend Experience for
2: Marriages. Yes, we are working on our marriage as always. We are lifelong learners, as you know, so we are enjoying ourselves at the marriage. We don't call it conference. We call it marriage experience. experience. It is an
1: experience. And I tell you, one of the things that we're so excited about is that we have quality speakers, quality professionals that are here pouring into our marriages so that we can get better. And if you've never been to UCB before, after you hear the speaker, oh, wow. you will probably make your reservations to get here for 2020 because he is off the chain. We were in a small group with him earlier Ooh, today.
2: Yes. He just didn't talk enough for me. No, he just dropped some. Wisdom. Just dropped some it wisdom was so deep and you. profound that so I was just, profound. Ooh-wee.
1: So I just want you guys to just get in a space to where you're really focused in because we're excited to hear the information that he's gonna share for us. So let us formally introduce Dr. Dwayne L. Buckingham. Dr. Dwayne Buckingham, say hello
3: to our Power Couples Rock community. How are you all out there? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and uh, just to, to sew into people and to share what God has shared with me, which is gifts.
1: Oh, yes. And, and believe you me, these are amazing gifts. So we want to start the show off right at the top. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us uh, how you met your wife, how long you guys have been married, and then how you found your place in this industry of marriage and being a psychotherapist?
3: Okay. So a little bit about myself, I'm going to go with the psychotherapist piece first, because that kind of helped me find my wife. So the psychotherapist piece, I've been in the field for about 22 years, started my training off in the United States Air Force. And I was as a first lieutenant, 24 years old, and I was responsible for the Family Advocacy Maltreatment Program. And this was helping couples, unfortunately, dive into and work through maltreatment from neglect to abuse at the highest level where some of the stressors are most intense in the military environment. So that's why I started my training. And ever since, now I've been in the field about 22 years. um, I've been working specifically still primarily with the population of the military. But I started my consultant business which is part of my ministry, Real Horizons Consultant Solutions, because I wanted to reach outside of the military environment and touch those in the community as well. And so I started the uh, company in about 2007. And the goal was to give back specifically initially to black males and females. Mm. And so I wrote my first book, A Black Woman's Worth, My Queen and Backbone. And then my second book followed A Black Man's Worth, Conqueror Head of Household. Wow followed by the third book, Unconditional Love, Mm -hmm. because I believed that you could not get unconditional love unless the man knew his worth and the woman knew her worth. And that was the pathway to unconditional love. That thinking helped me go find my wife. So I wrote another book that said, I found my wife after I found me. For many years, being in the mental health field, I was tainted by the stories that I was here. 90% of the people who would come into my office was on the verge of divorce or having problems. And so it took me some time to work through that. And in the mental health field, we often refer to this term called secondary trauma. I believe that I suffer from secondary trauma. And so I did not get married until my 40s because I was internalizing over 20 years all the things that were being sold into me from the negative unfortunately of the marriages. And so the idea of the I found my wife after I found me came from this journey of me being celibate for 5 years working through some of the issues that I had absorbed through vicariously listening to other people. Mm. And when I got through that place of cleansing clean, mm. that's when I found my wife. And so we've been married now five years. I have a four year old daughter, and I've been on this journey in the middle health for 20 years, but, but all of it came full circle because I often believe that you should not enter marriage broken. So mm. I waited I felt like I was whole. So this is like 20 years
1: that you were on the journey or on the path to being ready for marriage. Yes, sir. And you said that was because of some of the narratives that were playing
3: in your life. Like, what were some of those narratives that were playing? They were so personal in terms of the narrative coming in an individual saying, hey, I grew up in a single parent household, didn't have a father. So I had no idea of how to be a husband. I had no idea how to be a father. That narrative was so personal because that's my story. And so when you repeatedly hear people describe these stories that resonate with you objectively and subjectively, it does something to you. And so it was allowing me to live vicariously through them, meaning learning from their mistakes, Mm. growing from their mistakes, figuring out what I would and should not do from their mistakes. So that on my journey towards saying I do, I would have a framework that was not tainted.
1: That is a pretty mature attitude and perspective to look at because most people would gravitate toward getting married or having a relationship because they are missing out on not having the healthy relationships growing up. But you kind of took the opposite approach and said, hold hold on, there are some things that I need to deal with first yes. before I bring someone into a relationship with me. Is that the
3: perspective that you took? That's exactly the perspective because I was under the impression that in order for you to actually be able to experience love, you have to love yourself. And so everything that I saw around me was people looking for love in the relationship. And so they were getting married because of what they were missing, hoping that they would find it in the marriage. Mm. And that's how they end up in my office.
2: Mm. Well, well, what would you tell our listeners who they didn't do it that way and they're still broken? What are some ways that they could um, change their paradigm or even change their perspective and being able to find themselves?
3: Mm. Right. That's a great question. So, what I actually help a lot of my couples focus on Proverbs 910. It says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, and the beginning of wisdom is depart from evil ways. And what that means is that when we are broken, we have to first fear God. And fear God, not from a punishment perspective, as if there's going to be some kind of thunder that strikes you, but fear God from a positive command which we means we look at ourselves as being in, so insignificant in comparison to him that we're in awe of his glory mm. for what he would do for us, and we don't want to disappoint him. Wow. So my fear of God is rooted in not being, not disappointing the very creator who can do all for me and my marriage. The second thing is to seek wisdom. You have to be able to surround yourself by people that can pour into you. And, you know, Proverbs 13.10 says, where there is strife, there is pride, mm. but where wisdom is found in people who take advice. And so you have to seek wisdom is the other thing that when you find yourself troubled. And the third thing that you would have to do is actually depart from your evil ways. See, I had some evil ways growing mm. up. I grew up and I was a womanizer because the men that I saw, they used women as tokens to get their needs met. I grew up in an environment where men basically, if you wrong me, I'm going to wrong you. So you have to depart from those evil and wicked ways before you enter into marriage. And if you're in marriage, you still have to seek God first. I mean, fear God and then seek wisdom if you're in it and you probably shouldn't be in it. That's Mm. the cleaning process. It kind of reminds
1: me of the Romans 12 being transformed by the renewing of your mind on a daily basis. (laughs) Yes. Right. (laughs) Yes, man. You are dropping some knowledge right now. You did say that you're the founder of Real Horizons Consulting Services.
3: And Real is an acronym. Correct. Tell us what Real is all about. That's great. I, you know, in the black community, we often hear people say, keep it real.
0: <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> so, let keep it real. Let's keep it real. <laughs> but the way in which it typically was used was in a negative manner. If a man just tells me he's a dog up front, I'm okay with that because he's keeping it real. Wow. So I can work with a man who tells me up front he's a dog because he's keeping it real. And so I can navigate and get into that relationship, understand it's unhelpful for me, but he's a real guy. And so I took that acronym and I said, what if we used it in a positive manner? Well, we say that you approach real situations in a realistic manner. That's the R. You approach it and see it for what it's worth. So if he's a dog, you don't give him a credit for being a dog. You take him for face value that he's Mm. not a good man. Yeah.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. Right.
3: You know, so that's the R, you know, realistically. And then the E is expectations. Make sure that you have positive expectations because your expectations will form how you see and experience the world. And your expectations are critical. So if you expect to have a relationship and trauma is going to be present as you go into it, that's exactly as we call the self-fulfilling prophecy. So the E is about expectations. The A is about attitude. Maintain a positive attitude at all times because your attitude, again, flows and interacts with the people in your life, whether it's your kids, your wife, or anyone else. And so the attitude that you bring to the table is going to influence what happens at the table. And so that's where the, the, the A. And then the L is unconditional love. I believe that the gay way to having healthy marriages, healthy relationships, having any aspects of life where you're going to be healthy is unconditional love. Unconditional love first, starting to love yourself. And then through loving yourself, I think it's easier to love and give to others. Mm. And so that's what the real is all about, is that you have to be realistic, rational expectations, positive attitude, and unconditional love. I love it. When
1: did you know because it took you on a twenty-something year journey, you found it real horizons. When did you know that you were ready
3: to be married? I that ideal about I found myself is that I knew that I was ready to be married when no longer my fraternity brothers and other people what they had to say bothered me. Because of this ideal of being a Kappa man, it has the stigma of that you're a womanizer and you're there to get as many women as you mm. can, and we play this game. And I knew that I was ready for marriage when I did not, what they said to me did not bother me and I could cut them off. So I just started cutting brothers off left and right. And that's the ability to be able to do that. I knew that I grew up. i had stepped into the man, grown man zone. So you had totally matured, not only
1: physically, but mentally, emotionally, emotionally. spiritually ready to move forward.
3: So you were ready to receive your bride at that point. I was, and and receiving my bride is, is important for people to understand that, as we were talking about earlier, in your holiness, I don't really think that there's a completion thing, I see everything as a journey, mm-hmm. and so I don't think that there's an end point, because the end point re- represents for me that you have gone through some things, you've learned, and you've gotten to the point where those things no longer exist or bother you, I don't think that's possible, mm-hmm. because we're born into sin, and we're born with imperfections, and so for me, as I was preparing myself for my wife, I was looking at what things have hindered me in the past, being a womanizer, mm. being whatever, and are those things no longer a challenge for me? And they were not. And when I understood that and when I saw her, I knew, and being a therapist, I did my due diligence and I examined her. <laughs> mm. <laughs> did she know you were examining her from a psychotherapist perspective? <laughs> Probably. Yes. (laughs) because I I, um, That whole realistic, I, you know, kind of put it out there and was like, look here, here's the deal. I knew that based on her background, she had some baggage. I definitely had some baggage. And so I wanted to make sure I said to her, I need three things from you. Communication, trust, and respect. If one (sighs) of those are missing, we have problems. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that I kind of look to see if she can offer me that, that, The communication was important for me because I wanted to be able to understand that when you're down or when I'm down, can we work and talk through it? The trust was important for me because I had come from a background where I was exposed to a lot of adversity. And so trust is important because it facilitates vulnerability. Mm. I needed vulnerability. And then the respect, I had to know that she respects me enough for me to be able to be vulnerable and not call me less of a man. We
0: Because they can call you some other names. Mm -hmm. Weak. Mm -hmm. You need to man up. I don't
1: want a weak man, right? Right. But you're really strong when you can be
3: vulnerable. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's a key way to healthy relationships. Because if you can't be transparent, you can't have a healthy relationship. The transparency is a facilitation of what looks to be healthy. Because you can be in a relationship unhealthy and just hide. And I call it the old shoes. You can get into the relationship wearing the old shoes and you can stay in a relationship with the old shoes. But I think the transformation comes when you're comfortable enough to put on the new shoes to make some change.
0: Mm.
1: I think he just dropped the mic. The mic. (laughs) 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 That's interesting. I feel like that this podcast is geared toward men that are seeking a progression of completion. That is that journey that they're looking for, whether they're single or even if they're still in, a, if they're in a marriage, this is valuable knowledge, information, insight that's just downloaded from the Holy Spirit given to you. Yes. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Now, I don't want to make any assumptions here. I'm going to ask one question then, and let my wife ask another question. I don't want to make any assumptions that people know what a psychotherapist is. Oh,
2: yes. Okay. Why <laughs> okay.
1: yeah. right was a psychotherapist? Give us what a psychotherapist is and what
3: you do. Okay, so psychotherapist, basically, we're looking at the psyche, and that's where the psyche comes from, and the therapist who focuses on helping people, you know, develop their mindset and the wellness. Now, we have a lot of wellness coaches and other than that, and the difference is the psychotherapy part. There's a clinical destination that comes with that. There's some training. There's some licenses. There's some ethical requirements in order for you to use that title. And so there is a higher degree of skill set based on the knowledge base and training that is required to use that destination of psychotherapists. And that is primarily focusing on, again, the individual's mindset. But we take a holistic approach of not just only looking at the mindset, but what shapes the mindset, your relationships, your environment, and other kinds of things. And so that's the skill set that evolves in that. And so what I do is in As a as a psychotherapist, I do a lot of individual therapy, focusing on individuals who may be suffering from depression, mm-hmm. or who may be suffering from trauma or grief, and those kind of things that have hunted them myself. I lost my mom at 17, my dad at 10. And so mm. an example of a psychotherapist would be someone like me who you come talk to to help process through those things. Significant difference. I need to say this. And understanding the psychotherapist from the coach, because we have a lot of people who are doing marital coaching or mm-hmm. life coaching, right? Significant difference for those who need help is to understand the minute that you go into past issues, you're crossing into the realm of clinical psychotherapy mm-hmm. because the past, if you say to a man or a woman, I'm having a hard time in my relationship today because I was molested 10 years ago. Uh-huh. They need a clinical psychotherapy that's not a marriage or a life coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is significant right. distinguishing to understand. You got a person in front of you and said, hey, I'm looking to be in a marriage or looking to have a relationship. I'm fairly healthy. I just need some guidance. Mm-hmm. We're talking coaching. Mm-hmm. Yes. so It's really important to
1: understand the difference of that. Mm-hmm. Well, is that the, that's that trauma that you're talking about, too, that can live on with you for the rest of your life if you don't deal with it and you bring that into your marital relationship exactly and yeah. we have so many people that probably do that today and don't oh, realize they do the it. impact <laughs> or the effect that it's actually having on their relationship mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. yes
2: it it seems that uh, it appears to me that do you speak to a lot of men because i know it's a me probably well first let me say a lot of african-americans against a lot of therapy that's kind of low but then we're talking about a man coming to talk about some of the past history do you see the majority of men or do you just see the couples tell me a little bit about that
3: so great question majority of my clientele it's not african-american the majority that are african-american are female black men are not getting help I run a single women's dating group. I meet the second Saturday of each month and I help these women understand how to select men who are marriage material. Folks is, most of the women are going to get help with black women. The one who are going to get predominantly mental health overall don't look like me. Mm. so unfortunately a percentage and it's starting to shift and i thank god for that a percentage of individuals are starting to reach out for mental health who look like me Mm african-american but unfortunately you know the taboo and the stigma around seeking help is problematic so my clientele unfortunately if we're speaking of african-americans is females Mm. well how about listeners we do have
2: a lot of males that listen, but we also have a lot of females, but what, what really impressed me the most about what you were saying is how you peel back the layers on your own life. Yes. Before yeah. inviting somebody else in. And and so that's very impressive. And as Carlos said, a lot of people say, you know, they are not perfect either. So we, we can get married to imperfect people anyway. That's we can deal with saying. that later. So I'm totally impressed about how you had to peel about peel back some of those layers and 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 identify things you had to push away from. That were not healthy in your relationship. So I'm just giving you just uh, kudos, accolades for that. And it's good to hear it from a male's voice. So
1: so here's what I wanted to uh, know on the, where we would go next. We're here at UCB, And our theme is clean. Being clean yourself, being clean in your marriage. We would love to get your heart's perspective on clean as well as your
3: professional perspective. Perspective on what clean means. Clean to me simply means that you're going to remove any impurities, any toxic, unhealthy behaviors, attitudes, and mindsets from your marriage. That's what cleans mean to me. And how do you actually get to that place of removing those things? As we just talked about, I truly believe that God put me on this earth to help people clean up their mess. Mm. And so I believe that the pathway to becoming clean is you can't clean what you can't see. Therapy is about helping you see and process things. And so I think that you can go and you can see and say, I want to clean, but if you don't see the spots and know where they're at and how to identify them and have the right tools to clean, you're spinning your wheels. Mm. And so I think as it comes to relationships and our imperfections, which we all have, I think we have to, Look at ways to remove those impurities from our lives first, so that when we go into our relationships, they're not hunting us, they're not tainting us. Mm. And that's what I believe clean is really all about is looking at yourself and examining yourself and thinking and action yourself, or you in a place, what I believe to have a healthy relationship, you have to be in place to do two things, compromise and sacrifice. Mm. And if you compromise and sacrifice, compromise and sacrifice, the sacrifice piece, as you come into a relationship, you have to be pure or clean enough to understand that it's not all about you. You have to be willing. Sometimes sacrifice is about being able to give of yourself for the greater good of the relationship. Compromise is where we get a little bit of both. You win. I win. What most people want is I win. You win. But the true essence of being clean is understanding when and how to sacrifice. Mm. That's how you get to the end of making marriages last forever. That's how you get to wholeness within yourself. Mm-hmm. Is understanding that when and where and how will you sacrifice because God sacrificed for us, gave his only begotten son. Yes. So what would you
1: tell a couple? How how do you inspire or motivate a couple to Just recognize what they don't see. How can you
3: inspire them to go in that direction? Great question. So, I use two H's in therapy or even talking to people in general helpful and hurtful. If what you're doing is hurting you, you might need to get some help. Mm. And so, people are very good at identifying what hurts them. The helpful part is sometimes where they struggle with, but they're very good at identifying. The hurtful part. When I have my couples in, I ask them, give me five things that's good about your spouse. They struggle. Mm. Give me five things that's bad about your spouse or what (laughs) they do to hurt you. They come off like fireworks.
0: (laughs) 25.
3: (laughs) 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 So they're in tune with what hurts. Mm. And so they already know. And so I said, "If, if you're in tune with what hurts, what human being walks around and likes to be in pain? And the answer is no human being. But what I do find is they don't know how to get help. Mm. And so because they don't know how to get help, one of the things people say, well, how do you get people to a place to let them know that they even need help? If you bring to attention long enough their pain points or the places where they're hurting, and if you are able to highlight those things, help them, they're more inclined to want to do something to minimize that pain. But if you allow them to believe that what they're feeling, meaning the pain is normal, they don't Mm -hmm. get help. Mm -hmm. So I never normalize, you know, in our African American community, sometimes we go through things Mm -hmm. and we look to the left and we look to the right. And because other people are going through it, we say it's okay. Yes, it's not normalized. We normalize the dysfunction, the dysfunction and the pain. Yes. So to get them to see, you, you can't normalize it. You have to let them know that that is very dysfunctional. And I was speaking with a couple and they said, you know, I was telling them how we have to think different and going through the pain of if you're if you want to, you know, be offended, you offend back because that's what's acceptable. That's what you do. And I said, fight back, you fight, yes. back. fight back. And is that healthy or hurtful?
2: That's easy to ask.
1: But to help people process through that. It's processing. Is, mm-hmm. It's processing it. And I know you have a wealth of materials that help people to process through that information that you just shared with us. So please kind of walk us through materials that you have available, and particularly the one that we're looking at right now, which is called Unconditional,
2: unconditional Love. love. And then let us know how people can get in touch with you or get the material.
3: Okay. So the Unconditional Love, which you have in front of you, is Unconditional Love Marriage Edition. So I also have an unconditional love, what every woman and man desires in relationship. And that's for single and married. I mean, for single men and women. And then the unconditional love marriage is different. It's for couples. Now, how do I get to unconditional love? It was a process. I published 12 books at this point, but the very first two that led up to unconditional love with the first book that I ever published was A Black Woman's Worth, My Queen and Backbone. And then I followed that up with the black man's worth conquering head of household. Okay. So I want, I want to stop you just
1: right there really quick. Cause you wrote a book on a black woman's, what is it? Worth. worth? worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're a black male. You're kind of dealing with your issues, trying to walk through that. Where did the inspiration come
3: for you to write a book about a woman? a mother. <laughs> raised in a single parent household. I have four sisters. And this is part of the journey and part of the growth is that I watched my mother and I watched how men treated them. And so the book was in dedication to my mother to help her understand, I mean, help people understand the value of women. And it was my way to begin to reconcile all the junk that I had did to women growing up. And so the title of Black Woman's Worth Queen and Backbone is where it comes from. It's recognizing that my mother gave me what she could, although it probably was some things that were unhealthy at times but she gave what she could. And because she gave what she could, that doesn't mean that she's any less than being a queen. Mm. And so I wanted to send that message to women to understand that if you want a man to treat you a certain way, you have to walk in that light. And yeah. so you're, you're the queen. And so that's where it's given a woman a perspective from a man who was raised, not to take anything away from my brothers, but a man who was raised by four women and a mother mm. that say that I'm not telling you how you should love yourself. I'm telling you how I see you through my lenses as a man who understood that my first impression of a woman was my mother, so you have to conduct yourself a certain way, and I think you're a queen mm. that was the the essence of that. Okay. Thank you for that context yes. 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 that's that's pretty
1: inspiring,
3: yeah, mm. all right,
1: so you talked about that book and then the black the man's black man's worth words. was
3: you have to be a conquering head of household in that particular book, I talk about the importance of black men being able to conquer internalized oppression so that we can step up to the plate to be the head of the household that God created us to be.
1: You said a keyword, a couple of keywords, internal oppression. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. Not external, internal, internal, and, oppression. And internal oppression is a process where you take what perpetrators and people have done to you or have labeled you and you've internalized it to make it be your own that keeps you down and captivated. So an example of internalized oppression would be that a person says to you that a black man are more talented in sports than they are in education. And you take your child and you put them in a basketball camp and never put them in anything to advance their academic knowledge. That's an example of internalizing the very oppression that keeps you down is that you buy into the very things that keep you oppressed. You internalize it. We see that happen every day,
0: mm-hmm.
3: it, yeah. generationally. Now yeah.
1: we can say generationally.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Other
2: resources you have. See, he's <laughs> the, the real deal. I know. He's the real.
0: <laughs>
3: yes. So those two led to the unconditional love because mm-hmm. my thought product, my, my thought process was you can't get unconditional love without understanding your worth as a woman and a man who understands his worth and you put those two people together, then you get unconditional love.
2: there you have it
3: listeners
2: (laughs) dr buckingham please tell us how they can get this material that's going to help change their life help them to make better decisions help them to identify who they are peel back the layers and live a healthy and prosperous
3: life well i have the facebook and instagram and all that but i personally like to direct people to my personal website and that's dr buckingham dr Buckingham, B-U-C-K-I-N-G-A-G-M dot com. So you can find everything you need from counseling to consulting to coaching from books to DVDs, all on drbuckingham.com.
2: That's easy, com. Well, there you have it, listeners. You see what we had to we wanted to get this to you all <laughs> of what we've been experiencing at Eusebia. Yes. And we've been super, super blessed by you being with us. Thank you for taking time Thank out you of your all schedule. For And so, with that being said, let's get Get Powered powered Up!
0: (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Power Couples Rock Podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged, inspired, and supported. Please listen and subscribe to our other Power Pods, as we are confident that they will strengthen your marriage. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. It's there where we can extend these discussions together, take these conversations, and your marriage to the next level. Enjoy your day and power up.